It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Policies and Procedures on Travel Prior to the 2012 FCPA guidance, the Department of Justice issued two 2007 opinion releases, which offered guidance to companies considering whether and, if so, how to incur travel and lodging expenses for government officials under the FCPA. Both opinion releases laid out specific representations made to the DOJ, which led them to approve the travel to the U.S. by foreign government officials. These facts provided strong guidance to any company which seeks to bring foreign government officials to the U.S. for legitimate business purposes. In your opinion release 0701, the company was desiring to cover domestic expenses for a trip to the U.S. for a six-person delegation of the government of an Asian country for a educational and promotional tour of one of the requester's operation sites. The representations made to the DOJ were as follows. A legal opinion from an established law firm uh, with foreign uh, with offices in the foreign country in question stating that the payment of expenses by the U.S. company for travel of the foreign government officials did not violate the laws of the country involved. Two, the U.S. company did not select the foreign government officials who would come to the U.S. for training. Three, the delegates who came to the U.S. did not have direct authority over decision relating to the company's products or services. Four, the company would not pay the expenses of anyone other than the selected official. Five, the officials would not receive any entertainment other than room and board from the company. And six, all expenses were accurately reflected. An opinion release, then this was approved by the Department of Justice. In opinion release 0702, the company desired to pay certain domestic expenses for a trip within the U.S. by approximately six junior to mid-level foreign officials uh, for an educational program at the requester's U.S. headquarters prior to the delegate's attendance at an annual six-week-long internship for foreign insurance regulators sponsored by the National Association of Insurance Commissioner. The representations made to the DOJ included the following. The U.S. company would not pay for travel expenses or fees for participation in the NAIC program. The company had no non-routine business in front of the foreign governmental agency. The routine business it did have with a foreign governmental agency was guided by administrative rules with identified standards. The U.S. did not select the delegates for the training. The U.S. would only host the delegates and not their families. The U.S company would pay all costs incurred directly to U.S. service providers and only a modest minimum daily for the foreign officials based upon properly presented receipts. Souvenirs presented would be of modest value with the U.S. company's logo. There would be four, excuse me, one four-hour sightseeing trip in the city where the U.S. company is located, and the total expenses of the trip were reasonable for such a trip. Travel and lodging for foreign government officials. What can one glean from these two, 2007 opinion releases? Based upon them, a U.S. company can bring foreign officials into the U.S. for legitimate business purposes. A key component is that the guidelines are clearly articul articulated in a compliance policy. Based upon a, opinion releases 07 and 0701 and 0702, the following should be incorporated into a compliance policy regarding travel and lodging. 
Any reimbursement for airfare should be at economy class. Do not select the particular officials who will travel. That decision should be made by the foreign government. Only host the designated officials and not their spouses or family members. Pay all costs directly to service providers in the event that expense requires reimbursement. You may do so up to a modest daily minimum, 25 perhaps $50, upon presentation of a written receipt. Any souvenirs you would provide the foreign officials should reflect the business and or logo and be of nominal value. Apart from the expenses identified, do not compensate the foreign government officials for their trip. Do not fund side trips. The training costs and expenses should be only necessary and reasonable to educate the visiting officials. And finally, have an opinion letter from counsel uh, in the country in question that all of this is legal. Incorporation of these concepts into a compliance program is a good first step towards preventing any FCPA violations from arising, but it must be emphasized as they are only a first step. These guidelines must be coupled with active training of all personnel, not only on the compliance policy, but also on the corporate and individual consequences that may arise if there is a violation regarding business travel. Lastly, it is imperative that all such travel be properly recorded as required by the books and records component of the FCPA. The 2012 FCPA guidance did provide some types of examples of improper travel and entertainment. These included $12,000 for a birthday trip for a foreign government decision maker from Mexico that included visits in the U.S. to wineries and diners, $10,000 spent on dinners, drinks, and entertainment for a foreign official, a trip to Italy for eight Iraqi officials that consisted primarily of sightseeing and included $1,000 per day in pocket money for each official. And finally, a trip to Paris for a government official and his wife that consisted primarily of touring activities via a chauffeur-driven limousine. Finally, when companies like Walmart, Hewlett-Packard, or GlaxoSmithKline are in the news for alleged FCPA violations, it provides you a good reminder to review your compliance program. Not only from your compliance procedures and policies perspective, but also determine if the policies and procedures are being followed and if there are issues you need to take a look at more closely. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, first, travel continues to be a plague for companies uh, and compliance violations. Two, the key is not the precisely the amount, but having a policy and procedure and following it. And three, always remember to record travel expenses accurately and record them as travel expenses. If you're going to travel or rather reimburse for travel, put that down specifically in your books and records. So if the regulators or the government ever comes knocking, you'll have a clear record of what you've done and your decision for doing so. I hope you will enjoy the entire month on written standards and that you will listen in again where we explore another topic in the month of May. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 days to a more effective compliance program. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic in innovation and compliance. Thanks again for listening.
31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.